Wilson, like a cork in the ocean over his head. Marking contest over the top, Subic's great grab. Across the ground, bam, in comes Donny Wurzlow. Got it out to a oh. kick, kick smothered, check, Hunter. Who would have thought the sequel would be just as good as the original? Kicks inside 50, McGovern, McGovern, what a player. Shake needs to be in perfect the premiers of 1992. The 1994 premiers. Premiers. The 2018 a few plugs. We're on social media. You know where to find us. But share the show. Jump in your com- uh, jump in the comments as well because we want to hear your views on this game. It was a wild game. It was a strange game. And let's not waste any time, gents. Let's get stuck right into it. West Coast Eagles, 8 goals, 11-59, were defeated by North Melbourne, 10-14-74. Migs, you and I spoke on the podcast last week. Fearing the worst in a lot of ways. Uh, it was a strangely engaging game. It was a very competitive game, ultimately. And really, it, it might have been a game that the Eagles actually let slip, all things considered. Yeah, we got very close, didn't we? Um, I, I don't think I've ever felt uh, that positive about a 15-point loss to previous <laughs> wooden spooners before. But, yeah, we um, it was a real pleasant surprise how much of a fight we put up um, with all the outs. And, yeah, some... Um, some missed opportunities late, um, some luck going the other way. And, yeah, we uh, we just about pulled off what would have been just about the best win of all time, I think, for the club. Yeah, look, Keys, you went on that show with us last week, but I'm sure you were in a similar state of mind in terms of going in. We didn't really know what to expect. Like Mig said, you lose to last year's Wooden Spooners. You score under, you know, under 50, under 60 points doesn't read like an inspirational game, and yet the three-word reviews will say that everybody's sort of on the same page. Andy says nearly pinched it. Jared says could have won, just need polish. Uh, Julian, really gutsy stuff. Never gave up, says John. Pretty bloody good, says Billy. Uh, and I'll finish off with yours, Keys. Your three-word review was fuck the AFL, so please elaborate. Well, um, you know, I, I, if you cast your mind back about a year... And during the pre-season, the Victorian clubs had to go in the lockdown and couldn't train. So the AFL decided that to maintain the integrity of the competition, no clubs could train. So we had to not train for a week or had limitations put on the way we could train so we could be... Because integrity of the competition trumped everything. Fast forward a year and... We've got five waffle players playing in our side because fuck integrity. We just need a game. Mm. So we've got five five guys from the waffle. We've got two players, Jamison and Williams, who you know, they're they're not AFL ready, particularly Williams who's turned eighteen only three months ago and is a project player. So mm. All clubs are going to have two or three guys on the list, particularly big guys, that they draft early in the hopes of developing them and bringing them along 
So you're always going to have a couple of guys like that. We had to use those. Luke Edwards played as a medical sub off basically no pre-season because he's been injured a whole lot. Um, but we had to play him just because if no we didn't else. play him, it was another no awful guy. Um, for them, had COVID, by the I, way. And I don't reckon yeah. Duggan's playing that game um, if we had a, a full squad to, or mm. 20 well, players to pick from. So Yeah, he, was, he wasn't named in the side on the Thursday. He wasn't named yeah, in the extended so, squad on the Thursday. Um, Shuey off no pre-season. Darling, yeah, obviously, I think his Shuey issues. And Darling were, I, I think they would have played. I don't think you can claim. I mean, no, I agree. Darling in particular was underdone. Um, and but showed. I think Simpson sort of said, look, he was going to play. So, um, so it's a pretty farcical situation. And I think the AFL ultimately dodged the ball, partly because we were playing quite possibly this year's wooden spooner as well as last year's wooden spooner. At 10am um, on a Sunday. And yeah. had we played um, a better side, the result might not have been... Uh, might have been a bit uglier. Mm. Um, and I think the other thing is, I think the AFL can send a thank you letter to the club because I thought we handled it brilliantly as an organisation, um, despite the views of one particular poster on Big Footy, Big Footy who um, likes to gamble. Um, Bye-bye. To you. Um Ex poster, I think. I, I didn't hear that. I didn't hear anyone from the club whinge, no, at all during the week. Um, and you know what? Credit to the other clubs, coaches, some media types. You know, we say it a lot. We live here to just slam people in the media and, and slam Vic Byer, slam the East Coast, all of that. But they actually did kind of go out of their way to point out and to recognise. For a start, Gary Lyon said we'd be up in arms if this was Carlton or whoever else, yeah. and everyone sort of agreed before burying it. But yeah. afterwards, everybody said Eagles handled it really well, wouldn't have wanted to be in their situation, thought it was a farce. It's easy to say in hindsight. It's easy to say after the fact, so I'm still a bit jaded about that. But at the very least, there's none of this carry on about, oh, the Eagles have been sooking it up in the hub again or any of that crap. Yeah. Everybody well, sort I, of recognised. Um, yeah. I think the club actually embraced it. Mm. I think they said, okay, here's a challenge. Um, they, they seem to enjoy welcomed, it. They, they welcomed the top-up players into the club, um, did everything they could from what I can gather to, to make them feel welcome. And, and even after, even post-match, they sort of said, look, you know, you know Simpson said in press conference, these guys are eagles for life. Um, you know, and I think we got one real good moment out of the weekend, and that was Aaron Black got to play a game in AFL. Kick um, a clean goal. You really know, classy goal. Story, you know, I, I think if, you know, that's, you put everything aside and, and that goal wouldn't have got an opportunity anyway. But what, we're bordering on our best ever loss with that game. And I, well, you know, cast your minds back, round 17 last year, yeah. We lost to North, we lost to North Melbourne at home. Now it was, I looked up the scoreline. It was eight goals twelve to ten goals ten. <laughs> so it was Pretty close. Ten point what? It was it, it was it, it was a near on identical scoreline. Yeah, and I can't imagine two sets of reactions that are further apart to those mm. losses. I mean, 
the loss to North Melbourne last year, that was the rip up your membership put to put your memberships in the microwave and yep. toys yep. out yep. of the cot and everything like that. That was drive uh, a dump so, truck full of um yep. full of we, manure and with good reason because we were pretty shit that night. Um, pretty much the same result, same result to the same side. And um, we're all turning around going, fuck, that was a pretty good effort. And I think, in all honesty, I think, um, unfortunately, we never really got close enough to really put scoreboard. You know, we never got closer than two goals. Mm. Um, but I thought we had the better of the second half. Um, and had we taken some of those chances in the last quarter, we might have, um, we might have put. Uh, you know, a real fried up North Melbourne. Um, yeah, just couldn't, you know, Darling this one, Ryan missed a couple. Yeah. Um, but I, I thought we had, the guys had a real dip and, you know, a couple of things I thought, um, I don't think the umpiring was bad, but I thought we got the rough, rough end of the COVID swab on a few decisions that, you know, you know, you look at those, were they there? Maybe yeah. if they didn't pay them, I don't think too many people are sucking if they didn't get paid. No. Um, Some I of think, the free kicks they got in their forward 50. Yeah, did you say they were pushing the back ones? Get, oh, Patrick yeah, Lee. Just, yes, there was still yeah, there was a lot of push in the backs which yeah. we missed. Um, yeah. And there was one like, uh, uh, Horny Francis tackled oh, Pat oh. from the wing. Holding the ball? And, Was this the holding the ball? And uh, you got pinned for holding the ball and you sort of look at it and you go, yeah, well, yeah. you had prior opportunity, you got tackled, the ball spilled out, you didn't dispose of it correctly. But there's a reason why Horn got kicked in the head was because he was holding on to his feet. And you look at that and you think, well, yeah, the tackle started around his waist. But it slipped down to his legs, and by the time the ball didn't spill out until after the tackle slipped, and he started falling forward. So, mm. on another day, that's a free kick for a trip, not a holding the ball. Um, so, you know, like I, I, you know, I'm not going to hang the umpires out to dry because those decisions weren't horrible. But I reckon the ones that the borderline decisions, for the most part seem to go North Melbourne's way. And, you know, a couple of those go the other way and, you know, we're a little bit closer. And mm. so really, really good effort. Oh, I thought the guys played a good spirit. Um, but now that's the benchmark for the rest well, of the that's season. The thing. And when we get when we get these guys back, we've got to be – when we get the name players back, they've got to look at that and go, that's the level. Those guys – those guys from the Waffle gave everything they had for one game of football for a club that they're not really a part of. Mm. These guys, some of these guys were in the club for six, seven, eight, ten, twelve years. Those guys have got to play with the same sort of passion that those young guys did on the weekend. And if we do that, we're a good chance to win more games than we lose. Migs, we talked last week about genuinely being afraid for how big the margin might get. And we were all saying, you know, thankfully it is only North, which as it turned out to be, was a bit of a blessing. The point where even unpacking umpiring decisions, you don't unpack umpiring decisions in a 150 point loss. And I'm not trying to be dramatic. I thought there was a chance that the fitness would get on top and that last quarter would just be an avalanche. It never came. 
In fact, if anything, the Eagles had the much better of the last quarter, probably could have gotten a lot closer than they did. Yeah, but you forget North Melbourne were two rotations down because of injuries. Oh, that's right, because there's no such thing as an injury sub in the AFL this year. So, yeah, yeah of course, there were a million rotations down. Thomas that, that went to hospital because he tried to fold his us leg. Playing, us playing five semi-professional athletes and yeah. two skinny kids and two children. four guys off. Yeah, four yeah. guys off interrupted preparations. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Losing Taron Thomas really hurt him. Oh, well, hey, kick that really quick goal, Migs. Jesus, amazing stuff. Uh, but with that said, oh, look, on another at... day that goes through for a point. Yeah, I mean that oh. rolled that rolled thirty meters and went through for a goal. If it had a sat up, uh, he was going to kick it because Jamison was oh, yeah, gassed. Yeah, Jamison like, was saying, fifty meters up, behind him. Got the goal, but if it had a yeah deviated off its line a little bit, it's a point. Ah, uh, yeah, yeah, but no, no, you're not wrong. It's uh, the but. This is my point, I suppose, Migs and, and Keys, is that, you know, we're close enough to go, oh, what if this? What if that? What about that whistle? What if Darling had it just done? This is a game I thought, Miguel, we were going to get absolutely thumped. And you look at the stats, Shuey's our leading disposal getter with 23. You've got Jack Williams down the bottoms, touched it twice. Jameson was really hung out to dry. Four disposals and had a bag kicked on him. Ainsworth went out injured, six disposals. Darling, six disposals. It's not like we had ball winners everywhere. It's not like we controlled the game, but they just got stuck in, and it's simple to say, but did the little things, all that coach speak that you love to hear, it was bloody fun to watch. Yeah, it was, and I think um, the coaches basically gave up any sort of um, real uh, you know, game plan and you know, structure, kick it here, because there's no point trying to teach blokes that in two days, so... no. It was a lot of um, a lot of playing on instinct, and I think that mm. really helped us. Uh, and begs the question, doesn't it? Are we just are we really making footy too difficult for some of these guys? Just let them go out and play on instinct, uh, and, and now you see what happens. The other thing as well, I think, is that um, a lot of our senior players stood up um, in the absence of you know, everyone else. The, the senior guys that we put out there: Kelly, Kelly, Shuey, McGovern. Um, mm. Duggan. Duggan as well, yeah, was great. among our best players. And I think there was a real element of sort of knowing that they couldn't sort of just rely on the next bloke to come in, that they'd have to, you know, McGovern couldn't rely on Barras coming to chop him out or, or mm. um, Harry Edwards coming to chop him out, so he had to do it himself. And, you know, Kelly couldn't rely well, then... on Yo, didn't have Yo and Sheed to support him, so he had to do it himself. And um, Rioli as well had a really good game. We'll talk so, about Willie. Yeah. He's had a massive week yeah. for all sorts of reasons, but I mean, wow, how fun is it watching Willie Rioli play? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Yeah, I thought um, the one thing I really, really liked about McGovern's game is he's been criticised before, um, you know, for not manning up and things like that. You know, pointing, pointing to other blokes to say, you should have gone and picked that bloke up and things like that. He was the one running to cover, running off his man to try and yeah, pick up someone else and he's, he's trying to help out Jamison a lot. Yeah, try to help People out Jamison as much as he could. I tell you what, because I, I didn't watch the game live, I watched the replay, and when I um, I saw the the, the scores and everything like that, and I thought before I'd really seen what was going on with the game, I saw that Larky kick six goals. And people say McGovern had a really good game. Well, how could McGovern have a really good mm. game if um, Lucky's kicked six? And if he's, Lucky's kicked six on someone else, why the fuck is Govan not playing on him? But yeah. then when once you replay, you go, well, yeah, okay, he was McGovern was standing 
Goldstein or Zeri or something like that and doing everything humanly possible to cover we'll do both. Um, yeah. Larky to help out as best he could. And Jameson um, needed a, a rest at times and he did go to Larky then. So yeah. it's, it's, it's never perfect and, when you're in the situation we were in. Yeah, I thought, look, Jamison had six kicked on him. Jamison did, for a guy who's got zero AFL experience of playing at fullback, mm. um, I thought he did okay. He wasn't... Um, I mean, lucky kick six. One of his goals was because Hearn kicked it over Jamison's head yeah, and somehow. he made the mistake yeah. of... Um, of leaping for the ball instead of maybe just letting it go over his head and run onto it, um, fell to the ground and then gave away a bit of a, you know, push in the back free kick. Was it there? Was it there? No, maybe not. Another one of Lucky's goals came because Witherden kicked it to some other North scrubber and, you know, Lucky got a Joe the Goose and the goal square from a kick out. That's mm. nothing to do with Jamison. Yeah. Um, he got one of the 50s as well, didn't he? I think. Uh, uh, no. Did he? No. no. Uh, got in the back of someone. And, yeah. and, was the um, first one. Took a huge flop on Foley. And the other, the um. I'm trying to help out Jamison here, guys. Just <laughs> yeah, you got you got beaten. You had one barking contest where he backed back and um, oh, lost his footing, and yeah. Yeah. one that there was a really good, really bit of good movement from ball movement from North. Yeah, and uh, Larky got a good lead. That, no one's stopping that. Yeah, most fullbacks would have been beaten on that. Yep. Um, and then there was one late in the game, probably the one that ended up sealing the match, unfortunately, where Jamo, you know, he didn't block Larky's run to the ball um, and Goldstein blocked McGovern's instead and Larky ended up taking a bit of an uncontested mark. On another mm. day, Goldstein gets pinged for blocking, mind you, but um, probably was Goldstein made enough of a play at the ball to the drop zone that it was... Probably not there, but it was borderline. Um, so, Jemison Delora, talking about guys setting the... Uh, Ryan and Rioli set the tone very early in the match. And I think right from the from the word go, they, those two looked on from the start. And it was yep. really good because those two guys are sort of a like our mid-level player. They're not senior players, but they, they've been at the club for, what, five years now? Minus uh, a couple for... 2020, we were talking about Ryan being the best forward in the comp almost for a stretch there. Like, we know he's got this in him. They've been there for they've been at the club a while, and Rioli was away for the club for some of that. Yeah, but but they showed some sort of real real leadership and really put in, and I think they uh, they elevated their games. Ryan Rioli in particular was was um, he was fantastic. I mean, it looked like I think he ran out a bit of stone, which is not surprising. Um, but in that first quarter, you know, laying tackles, putting his body, you know, physical around the contest. And the one good thing is when he gets the ball in the hand, he finds an option that most other players don't see. And he breaks, breaks the play up because he goes in, into a spot that guys aren't thinking about. That first quarter was the two of them playing just making everybody else look stupid, doing things with the footy that you shouldn't be able to do, seeing things, waiting that extra half second to bring a kick into the corridor. There was a stretch where Ryan took on about four guys down the wing, just kept paddling it on, kicking it on, going after it himself. And 
we're talking about these senior guys that needed to stand up. And I know Ryan missed a, set, <laughs> a couple of set shots late, but I think those guys set the tone, like you said there, Keys, because Rioli wasn't going to get beaten by anyone on the day. And he was our best player. He was the highest ranked player on all those AFL ranking sites, things like that. But Ryan digging deep, getting the running in, a lot of directing traffic from Ryan. And Migs with Rioli, we know he's a crafty small forward. He can do clever stuff, kick four goals, just incredible player. But first ball up of the season, he started in the middle against Gold Coast. He played on the ball a lot this week. And I know we're down on numbers there, but he is a part-time midfielder. That's just, we're going to find ways to get the ball in Willie Rioli's hands now, it seems. Yeah, I think that's going to be a tactic. Throw him through the middle a bit. Um, Yeah, get him to create something. Uh, Yeah, it'd be great seeing his combination with Nat Nui uh, in the middle, which... I don't think we saw much of the Gold Coast game, but, yeah, that'll be exciting if that gets going. Um, yeah, Sorry, oh, got a... I, got a, I got a nice shout-out there from former Test cricketer Greg Blewett. That's nice. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, Paul in the comments that. saying, let's talk about Willie. Uh, and Keely saying one of the most exciting moments is when Rioli and Ryan were going on a roll. And a bit of sympathy for Callum Jamieson in the chat as well. But, yeah, Mix, it was... It was a game where we didn't know what to expect, and in the end, it was incredibly fun, partly because of the Willie Rioli, Liam Ryan situation. Yeah, Ryan's field kicking was fantastic. Um, mm. That pass in particular um, to hit Duggan just inside 50, yeah. And where Insane. I, it, I couldn't tell when he kicked it who he was looking for, but yeah. it was bloody obvious. And, yeah, I just couldn't believe he, he picked that out. That was amazing. He's, uh, his it was on his left, too. A bit off. Was it? Was it? Pretty sure it was on his left. I just remember seeing it and thinking, oh, Jeddah did that? the best field, yeah. best field kick I've ever seen is Lewis Jeddah to Elliot Yo in 2016 yep. or 17. And he kicked it and you're just like, what oh, the fuck? What the fuck? <laughs> and then out of shot, yeah. Yo, he comes charging in. And it was that. He kicked it and I was like, okay, yeah. I guess. And then nut on the tip. Perfect. I'm pretty sure I was at the ground for that one and I still didn't work out who he was kicking to until... No, nah, that, was, that, was, that, was <laughs> that was a yeah. freak, that one. Keys, we'll try a bit of a new segment here for a change. Here we go. New segment, buy, sell, hold. Let's do this. So uh, interpret it how you will, but basically, you know, it's 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 the stock market. Are you buying or are you selling or are you holding? Uh, we've got a couple of players here, Keys. I'll start with you. Based on their performance in round two, Jeremy McGovern, he was back to his best. He hasn't been at his best for the last little stretch of footy, but he was back to almost his best. Leadership, intercept marking, doing a bit of everything. If you had stocks in Jeremy McGovern, based on his round two performance, you're buying, you're holding, you're selling. What's the go? Uh, he's on the rebound. I would have. Uh, they're pretty expensive stocks, Gov stocks, yeah. but yeah, <laughs> um, yeah I'm, I'm I'm back on. If he if he can um, if he can maintain that um, throughout the year, uh, we've got we've that was all Australian McGovern that mm. we saw. Um, more of that, not the um, not the fat pie eater that's just pointing and telling other people what to do. So yeah, I'm buying more. I'm buying him back. My ears are people got people got a bit stuck in on that last one that you mentioned where Larky went up for the mark unchecked because Gov was pointing and directing traffic. But I feel that that was a much more constructive version of leadership than we've seen. It wasn't why the fuck didn't you get him? It was here's what happened. Here's what you need to do. I, I, I thought that was instructional. Answer. Yeah, yeah, it wasn't. He was saying, "Look, this is what you needed to do." It wasn't the McGovern one where 
he's handed it off to somebody else so he can zone off and then been like, why didn't you cover my guy for me? I was zoning off. So anyway, for me, it's a hold, uh, Migs, just because I need to see a little bit more of it. And as Keys mentioned, the price is so high. If this were a mid-tier player who's playing like that, buy, 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 buy. But, you know, it's McGovern. We need to see it for more than one week. It's a hold for me, yeah. Migs. What about yourself? Yeah, same. I, I want to see it when he's got um, Barass back with him and Rotham back with him. Um, that he still takes that responsibility and um, reads the play that well and, and also uh, is accountable to his man. Uh, Shannon Hearn, I will go on this next one. Shannon Hearn is a sell for me in general. I don't think he was terrible. In fact, I thought he did some good stuff. But, Keys, there's starting to be a few signs of him jumping for a contest, not getting to it. He's kicking his fantastic 80% of the time now instead of 100% of the time signs of slowing down, things like that. So I'm a little bit concerned. For me, Shannon Hearn is a sell. Where are you at with uh, with Bunger? Yeah, I'm just about ready to I, I expressed some misgivings about him last week. Um, he's just... He was never quick. Um, but he's just... He's just off. Um... And I think that with a slow with a slow backline already, I don't think we can carry him. Um, and I said last week, I'm, I'd be quite happy when um, Brass and and um, Edwards come Harry Edwards come back from the leper colony. Um, yeah. We maybe look at Gov playing the 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 role that Hearn used to. So I'm. I'm not selling him just yet because we need the experience just as we get through this part. Mm. But I think come mid-year, we may need to be looking to the future and it's time to to um, give some other guys some game time. Miguel? Yeah, there's... Um, if we get everyone fit and firing, there'll be a bit of a log jam in that back line. Uh, and yeah, as he slows down, you wonder whether he can hold his spot on performance or whether they would be picking him on, on reputation and leadership, um, you know, from even from the side that played in round one, you know, with it and had to come in. Um, Duggan has come back from that. Uh, you know, Nelson didn't play in the back line. Uh, Tommy Cole, don't know if we'll see him this year, but there's, you know, there's, there's yeah, Foley's coming along quite nicely. There's, um, there's a bit to come in. So, yeah, as he gets, you know. Got Roth and Hoth as well. Yeah. yeah, we didn't Off talk about Foley. I really liked Foley's game, and I thought his Gold Coast game was good as well. So I'm getting pretty excited about him. But uh, uh, yeah, Shannon I, I liked his um, I liked his Gold Coast game. I thought he he made a lot of um, a lot of mistakes against uh, against North. But oh, he was, he was going to be my hold. I thought. Oh, okay. He, he did, didn't enough. have the best game, but um, give him a week to give him a week to bounce back because he's yeah he was one of our best. I thought against Gold Coast. Um, yeah, yeah Hearn, Hearn, you wonder if, um, if you know, teams will try and exploit him, uh, try and isolate him one-on-one against someone who's yeah. the pace. Yeah. So you know, he's got the smarts to, to cover a lot of players, but yeah, just physically might um, might start to become a bit of a liability. Jack Darling, Keys. He missed the shot and the commentary were at pains to talk about how out of touch he was, all this sort of stuff. The preseason stuff, that's his own doing. He's out of touch, not because he was injured putting it in for the boys. He was out of touch because he had no preseason because of his own choices. That's fine. Let's park that element of it. He wasn't great on the weekend, but for me, I actually thought commentary just harped on it way too much. 
North were doubling him. North had a spare. With all respect to Jack Williams, he's never even played Waffle League before, let alone a key forward role in the AFL. Darling was pretty much the lone hand down there by way of the tools. So for me, I'm buying stock with Jack Darling. I can't expect it's lower than at the moment. we got no players. People want to drop him to the Waffle. Jack Darling is a buy for me. Yeah, Jack was uh, Jack was rustier than my favourite spike. He <laughs> um, was clearly short of a... Um, I think he was fit enough. I think he played... I think I looked at time yeah. around. I think he had 96% time on ground or something quite absurd. So he, he clearly fit. Um, but... It was his touch like, and his, his just ready to play. His timing was, was off. Well off. And I think yeah. also, too... I mean, Which it was, but... A, yeah. I reckon about three quarters of that midfield he hasn't played with. So timing his leads and yeah. things like that. You can't, you can't work on... You can't do that. So... Um, and like you said, I mean, he was, I mean, he was getting monster, and he's not, I mean, as a key position player, what is he, 6'3", something like that? So it's not like a, he's not a, he's a strong bloke, but he's not, he's not a mountain. Um, so, you know, for a, for a key position forward, he's, he's not particularly hot, uh, tall. So, um, you know, he probably could have, I reckon if you had, behind the gold vision, I reckon you'd probably find there was maybe four or five free kicks that he maybe could have got. I don't know. Um, but, you know, if he had a settled and and thought his way through it, which, you know, look, Jack's Jack's not the, the brightest footballer going around. He's not... And that's the other thing with Jack. He's not, he's not like a crafty forward. You look at, say, Jack Rewalt, I mean, I, I don't really like using Jack Rewalt as an example, but he's like Rewalt will manufacture some goals because he's a little bit smart. He's defender and things like that. Jack Darling's never going to do that, so he's got to get the ball. He's got to mark it and things like that. So um, he'll be better for the run, and he'll be better. He'll be better for um, hopefully Kennedy coming back in the side and hmm. giving. Um, you know, giving him a bit of a hand as a as a tall target. I mean, I posed the question in the the chat before: is oh, which player, which player of the COVID guys, if we had got one back, could have turned that game? And for me, I reckon it was Kennedy. Agreed. Because or Allen, really, just another key forward. Yeah, but I, but I think Allen's injured. So yeah, I yeah, if, fair yeah, if for the guys who are out with COVID, if we had Kennedy, I yep. think as one player. Um, he would have been probably the most likely to have changed the result of the game because he just um, he would have been able to get a contest. We probably would have been able to get a bit more ground ball, and we saw how dangerous Rioli and Ryan were when the ball got to the ground. And even even Petricelli was pretty. He was sort of swanning around trying to get and tackle blokes and things like that. He, he was pretty good. Um, might have brought Aaron Black into the game a little bit more as well. Because like Aaron Black seemed to be playing that that um, graveyard half forward role, um, so yeah. But anyway, I'm, yeah, I'm buying Jack. Uh, Migs, a few words on Tim Kelly's game as requested by Sharon in the comments, and then also buy, sell, hold on Jack Darling. Uh, I'm going to say hold Jack Darling. I'm going to be super conservative with all of these. I think. Um, <laughs> Yeah, I still want to see the Jack Darling that 
we know we can see, but and um, pretty much agree otherwise with everything Keys said. Um, I think if Darling kicks that goal from um, mm. the one set shot he he got for the game, I think if he kicks that goal and he comes away with a goal, we're probably not talking about him. So no, um, no. just didn't. It sort of panicked a bit. I think just the rust and the. The mindset set in, but just kick the yeah, shot, mate. What are you doing this yeah. bullshit around the corner stuff? <laughs> he had was it last year? He had a really good, just simple, straight set shot routine and um, He's, really effective. Yeah. So yeah, he just needs to go back. He's got the yips. Um, yeah, Kelly. I was surprised when I looked at the stats and saw, and he only had I think eighteen touches. He seemed to be really busy. Um, maybe got tagged out of it possibly in the the second half. Um, sure, he stepped up in the second half, but. Yeah, Kelly, we saw from Kelly some of those glimpses that we know we can see. Um, didn't obviously benefit from uh, having a, a Ruckman that could feed him. Mm. Uh, but we, uh, yeah, I, I thought he um, he played really well, stepped up in the midfield. He was one of the guys, I thought, um, of the senior players that um, really sort of stepped up in, in the knowledge that you know, there wasn't too many guys around them that were going to help uh, you know, senior guys that they could rely on to help out. Um was storing us batting a bit slow, is he? Uh, no picture, yeah, sure. thank you. So TK had 11 in the first quarter, according to Huckleberry. So does that mean he got tagged after that? I think... Um, uh, might have been one of those ones, because who else, you know, are they going to go to Aaron Black off the half-forward line? Are they going to go to... Yeah. I thought Stephen Giro started well, but, you know. Should, I think they did, they did tag, they tagged Ainsworth early, I think. That must have been it. Um. Shouldn't be forgotten. Kelly actually had COVID. Mm. Like they yeah. haven't like there, there hasn't been too many like which players have it, which players are just protocols. But like, Kelly was confirmed that he actually had COVID, so um, hadn't trained for a week. So yeah, he might have blown. I up. think um, you know that's that's probably a part of him maybe dropping off a little bit, particularly because. Um, you know, there's not a lot of guys to give him a chop out. You know, so right. and um, and I think you know probably that was a factor with Ryan maybe being a bit. It was blowing pretty hard in that last quarter, which you know would have would have been um, a factor in him missing those couple of goals as well. True. Um, now we're running a bit over here, Jed. So we'll rip through these last ones. We've got a comment from Hucklebury Gary Steve Blues, fantastic Facebook name there. Just about uh, the Frio game. We'll of course talk all things Frio in our next episode later on in the week. Uh, but it does lead into one of the guys I had as a buy sell hold candidate who plays backup ruck with Bailey out. Bailey Williams is of course out with COVID or isolating, whatever it might be. Uh, Hucklebury suggests sharing it between Darling and Gov, or maybe Darling and Harry Edwards if he comes back in. Keys, I'll give you this one. Bailey Williams, ignoring the fact that he is now out, half our luck. First half, pretty slow. 22 to 2 was the hitouts at one point. It's finished 44 to 13. So, you know, we've got pantsed in the hitouts. But as the game went on, I thought he built pretty well. Kicked a goal, bullocked his way through. It's a hold for me. I am worried about his Gold Coast game. He got a bit better as that one went on, but I'm a little bit skeptical about where Bailey Williams fits at the moment. What's your take on him? I would have sold him at half time. <laughs> now I'm holding. Um, I think. I think maybe that goal gave him a little bit of confidence. Mm. Um, I thought in the second half he he held his own. Um, I thought he had a he had a really good second half, and the, it was the much better the ground went, level. The better, 
the longer the game went, the better he got. And he's, he's rucking against sometimes Goldstone and, and Zeri. So, um, and he's, he's playing that game. Product, I mean, his backup was Jack Williams. Mm. So, um, I, I, I think he comes off that ground with his head held pretty high that he, you know, he got, he got towed up a bit early but he fought his way back into the game. And um, I think by the end of it, he was, um, he finished the game stronger than, um, than his North opponents. So I won't, I won't cast him off just yet because he actually showed with a bit of a responsibility that he, um, he can't have uh, an influence on games. And Migs, last one for yourself, Patrick Nash, 21 touches, eight marks, four tackles, commented about his, uh, tendency to just bang the ball as long as possible. We showed a little bit of nuance, a little bit of touch. Is he a buy? Yeah, is he a I hold? He, or is he a sell? Um, really liked his game. Yeah, he mm. would be my definite buy out of that game. Um, he did lower the eyes a few times. Um, <laughs> he must have yeah, taken your criticism on board. I think. G'day, um, Patrick, if you're watching. Yeah, he. He's a criticism, by the way. I enjoy it. There was a <laughs> there was a schoolyard level of just Sorry, get it long that I enjoyed. Your constructive criticism on board. The comment, uh, more of a comment. Um, yeah, I really liked his game. Um, just knows where to go to find the ball. Um, uses it pretty effectively. You know, he's not hitting blokes lace out, but um, you know, it's, it's usually an effective kick. Uh, yeah, just um, contributes. And even when we get everyone back, I'd, uh, I'd like to still see him getting a regular game. He's been um, a really astute pickup. Uh, and we were lucky that the borders opened when they did, and they were just able to squeak him through before the uh, before the SSP deadline. Because I think he's going to mm. be a, a really canny um, pickup for us. All right, gents, let's move things along. Let's crack into some heroes and villains and uh, send us on our way. We will, of course, be back to talk all things Fremantle and the Derby later on in the week, so this isn't our only show for the week just yet. Uh, Keys, you're always very good value for this one, so we'll throw up heroes and villains on the screen there, and I will let you fire away. We do heroes first? You can do whatever you like first, Keys. This is your segment. <laughs> our, f- <laughs> our, fi- our five top-up players. Yep. Um, yep. Came in... You know, these guys have got regular jobs. Threw everything they had into it. Um, you know, embraced the club. And, and yeah, a real, I, I, I really liked um, the way they all went about it. And, yeah, so them, I think Doug and mate, I caught snippets from Duggan's press conference today and he sort of said, oh, you know, those guys are back at their jobs today. It shows mm. the sacrifice. They put their lives on hold to come and play, yep. you know, possibly one game. That might be the only game they they get, particularly for Aaron Black, who's, you know, 42, according to Luke Shuey, and, <laughs> um, you know, might not get, you know, might not ever get another game. In all likelihood, probably won't. Um, uh, but he was really good, and I thought um, uh, Mountford... I thought out of out of the five, I thought Mountford was the one that probably looked as if the one most likely that a, a club could pick him up. He could make a contribution. He took Tag Simpkin, which leads me to believe that that was going to be Nelson's role. And Mountford's mm. just come in and said, "Well, Nelson can't yeah. do it, so you just go and do that." And said, 
held him to 16 touches. I Simkin was close, one of the North's best players the week before against Hawthorne. Right, and, um, he wasn't. He wasn't a factor. Um, so, yeah, they're my they're my heroes. And if I know anyone else got nomination for hero of the week, um, um, here you go, Mix. Angus Stewart. Uh, yeah, you know, we've talked about the top ups in general, but Angus Stewart um, had to battle really hard down back. I thought he did a good job. Uh, and a quick shout out as well to the other top ups that flew across. And um, yep. I don't know whether any of them missed work on the Friday or missed work on the Monday, but um, didn't even get a game. I think Luke Meadows was one. Um, Chad Pearson from South Frio, another, and uh, Angus Schumacher, ex Carlton player. So, um, yeah, I don't know whether, I mean, hopefully they don't get another opportunity later in the year because it means we're um, down to top ups again. But, um, yeah. Um, Hope they enjoyed the trip and uh, it would be a good experience for them. It'll be tough to beat the top ups. A, a hero of the week nomination for the Eagles community, I suppose, the fans in general. I think everyone took the week in pretty good spirits, got around it. As Keys mentioned, there was the odd person here or there that was at pains to have a have a big whinge about it. <coughs> Troll. But, uh, <coughs> that, excuse, oh, sorry, Migs, you got something in your throat there, mate. Uh, but so, the yeah. Troll, I said. You know, no, I got you. Yeah. No, no, I got you. Um, no, but I thought everybody, we're on two. If we don't win one of our next couple of games, we're staring down a really long season. We could be Owen, take your pick with the way yeah. the fixture looks. But game against North Melbourne, last year's Wooden Spooners, dead time slot on a Sunday. Everyone just got on with it. Everybody had fun with it. Hero of the week as well, just to the club, to Simpson, to all of the messaging. The social media team was on it this week. They made the best of a really weird situation, hopefully a situation we don't see again, but they did really well with it. It was an enjoyable week to be an Eagles fan, which when you lose to go 0-2 in probably the two most winnable games of the year, feels a bit weird. But uh, yeah, I just thought, fun week, fun week for everybody. Uh, the, the hero of the week is clearly the top-up players who played, yes? Yep. Yeah, Very, right, good. Yep. Yeah. Very good. Very uh, good. Aaron Black's moustache as well. Keys, that's your name, and that's a definitely deserving of a Hero of the Week nomination. Right, Villain of the Week. Who we got? Let's go get into it. Uh, Fox footy. Yeah. What a bunch of fucking petty... Oh, where do you start with those clowns? Um, match report, and... There's someone at Fox Footy. I wish there was someone I hated as much as Fox Footy hates Will Rioli. You know, no, match report, and they go, oh, Rioli could be a match, match review off for trouble again because of a tackle mm. that was, you know, that was Davies Yunaki throwing himself forward. Nothing to do with Rioli. Waterline ball, no issue with it being paid in the back. But if it wasn't one, it was going to be the other. It was never a report. Yeah. Um, and, and even whole, like you, Victorian... you're talking about Fox, talking about Fox laying it into Willie. The actual Fox commentators, to a man, were saying, "Oh, he's got nothing to worry about there. It's a, mm. it's a football tackle. Yeah. Uh, he's done Actually, nothing wrong. Yeah. It's all one motion. He's got nothing to worry about." So, a bit of a disconnect there between their commentators yeah. and their sub editors. Yeah, the actual Content commentary machine. during the game was was actually quite good. For it was refreshing it was to watch. Extremely biased. It was refreshing yeah. to see commentators barracking for the Eagles for a change. Yeah. Um, aside from there, if you played a drinking game, for every time they said there was 14 changes, mm. 
he'd be on your way to hospital before quarter time. Did you hear that Dermot Burton saw uh, Mountford in the lift? I didn't quite catch that the first time. But the whole, the whole, the media, there was, there was, there wasn't a lot of sympathy from the media coming up during the week. And now they, now we played the game, the media are like, oh, that was terrible and things like that. I'm a cynical prick. You just sort of look at it and go, they're really just angling for this. So that when it happens to a Victorian club, they're mm. going to say, yeah, that West Coast one, they got out of jail. You really can't have that. You've got to do something better than this. And yeah. I, I, I don't want anyone to get COVID, but I do want <laughs> a Victorian club, One, I don't care which one, but one of the clubs that's in contention for finals to get COVID two-thirds of the way through the season. So you can see what the ramifications of the finals might be. I want one of them to have COVID ripped through it. So they've got 14 or 15 changes. And then for Gil to, to squirm his way out of it and talk about integrity and say, well, you can't have a finals contender forced to use top-up players because it would harm their finals changes. If I'm picking a club, I'm picking Carlton because they're the ones that AFL love to see in the finals. They've got huge backing in the media. There's a heap of Carlton players in the media. They'll be just frothing yep. over the fact that they're already barring up. They've won two games. Just imagine if you know they're on the cusp of top four late in the season and and you know. Cripps and Walsh and Kernow and Mackay and Wiedering and well, Gary Lyon even said this. We'd be up and all those guys. And, yeah. and you reckon you reckon they're going to make them play guys yeah. from the from the VFL? Not a hope. And I, I just want to see Gill try and justify it. Um, it's just really got nothing to do with Villa on the week, mind you. But <laughs> no, nah, fuck was, it. Just future Villa um, of the week. Preemptive strike. Uh, Jared Waitley. Nah, bad yeah, I'm going to pick him because he's a sniveling little shit. And there's a radio grab that I saw, and he was like, congratulating the Eagles and and saying how well they've done. And it was like, oh, shit, this is really good. He's actually backing us in and saying we've done well and, you know, it was unfair and it shouldn't have happened and things like that. And then he goes, you know, West Australians, they're really well balanced. They've got a chip on both shoulders. And it's because of dickheads like you, Waitley, because you keep on giving us reasons to have chips. You, there's axemen that can't take bigger blocks of woods off my shoulders than you, you snivelling little shit. So, Waitley, give him Good. a... Good. Yeah, Fair bump. Nicely done. Uh, Migs, wishing COVID on anybody or any other villains uh, of the week from yourself? I was going to wish it on Clive Palmer, but he's already just had it, so there's not much point. Um, there you go. No, only, I was going to um, nominate all the... Journos who've come out this week and said, oh, that game shouldn't have happened. Where the fuck mm. were you a week ago? Um, yeah. And I was going to nominate David Schwartz because he's the only one I could remember saying that. Um, and it's also making me like Gary Lyon more for actually being the one to come out and say it before it no, happened. No, he had, he had a bad week. He was leading the charge for the Willy Rioli shit. He tried to redeem himself late, but that's not how we do things over here. Um, yeah. Fox footy in general. I, yeah. Well, yeah, I'd like to nominate Fox footy in general, though. I didn't do a count, but it had to be something about 11, 12, 13. 
articles, posts about Willie. You know, you go on their Facebook feed or their Twitter feed. Willie Rioli this. This person on 360. Then the next segment they talked about on 360, that's another article. Then another article. Head is sacrosanct, guys. You've got to protect the head. Concussions are dangerous. One post about the AFL using an unlicensed doctor. Not an unlicensed, but they the AFL used a doctor who was banned from practicing and I believe he's being studied for fraud or plagiarism or something like that. He's in the shit. As their, as yeah. their main concussion guy. One post. That is a scandal. That is a legitimate scandal. That yeah. if you give a shit about concussion, that is damning. But we get 13 yep. posts about Willie Rioli trying to take a mark. Are you serious? And the other thing with Willie, the, the, the stories about Willie Rioli, it wasn't just that every story was about him. But through some of the programs, they actually had the odd person pipe up and say, yeah, the, the tribunal decision was right. It was going for the ball. It's legit and things like that. Yep. On Fox Footy's own programs, they had guys saying it's Zero okay. It. Not yeah. one article mentioned anything to say that, yeah, oh, this guy, by the way, said the decision was correct. Every yeah. article was, you know, it's an outrage, it's this, it's this and that. There was not one that came out and said, oh, yeah, by the way, so-and-so. George Lewis. Yeah. Just back no nothing is like yeah, Montana like backed Archer. it. Stewie Jew backed it. You know, nobody's. Yeah, Fox, Fox Never heard Stuart Jew's clearly biased. <laughs> yeah, Stuart Jew would really, really have an axe to grind with Matt Rowe. Anyway, there you go. I think we just give it to Fox Footy in general. Their content machine, it churned out some shit this week. So I reckon good luck to you, lads. Villains of the week. I couldn't be, I couldn't be that biased. And I'm biased <laughs> as fuck. <laughs> <laughs> right. I reckon we wrap things up there, guys. Migs, Keys, thank you very much for jumping on. Uh, a lot of people in the comments tonight, which is fantastic to see. Thank you guys for getting involved. We'll be back later on in the week, maybe Thursday, maybe Friday. We'll let you know a little bit later on, talking all things Derby. Hopefully the Eagles have more of an AFL squad back by then and available because uh, one and two, not so bad. Oh and three and a Derby loss. Might not be as fun as it was this week, but we'll, uh, we'll, we'll cross that bridge when we get there later on in the week. Thank you for watching, guys. Follow us on social media. Share the show. Tell a mate. All that good stuff. We'll talk to you later on in the week. Bye for now. Bye. Oh,